And welcome to another episode of Anime Was Not a Mistake. I am one of your co-hosts, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, joined as always by... Uh, Dan Ryan, soon to be rebooted on Mix. Mm-hmm. And as of today, Dan, I didn't have a witty intro today because I had to say this, as of this very day, the final performance of The Phantom of the Opera is occurring as we speak, only to invited guests. Can you imagine if we had timed? I tried. Up, uh, like I that, tried with the opening. <laughs> like we, like that would have. I mean, it, it's it would have been played out how yeah. everything else with the podcast plays out. Well, but I'll say it may end on Broadway, but it will not be the last we see of Eric the Phantom and Christine Daae on this podcast. No, of course they shall return. Yeah, I thought you were going to say you'll never die in our hearts or yeah, never love close never in our dies. Hearts. Yeah, for some, uh. <laughs> but. But no, we, yeah. uh... We, we've, uh, I guess we can update our audience members, right? Yeah, unbeknownst <laughs> to, to the to the audience, because you won't, the audience won't feel it. No, um, there's but been no gap. We, uh, we did take a break last week, mm-hmm. um, but we had an extra episode in the tank, so, uh, you know, it would be a seamless transition. Yeah. Um, but in the week that we took off, plus the intervening week, everything happened. Yeah, everything. Uh, once again. So we have a lot of news, I think. Yeah. To get through. I have tons of news today, which is something that I ever say, and some actually pertains to anime. Yes, yeah. uh, me too, mm. yeah. Well, who wants to start us off? Um, I can start, because mine's the, my first one's the easiest. Okay. Uh, in terms of anime, I have, uh, almost finished the second season of Record of Ragnarok. Okay. Uh, unlike the COVID-stricken kind of first season that had some, like, obvious animation you know, speed bumps to get over. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one remains quality throughout. Um, it is still just as, like, over-the-top and goofy as the first season was. Um, just without, like, you know, the obvious... very stationary animation moments mm-hmm. that kind of uh, beset that first season. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very good. Very good, as always. It's fun to see the matchups that that happen. Uh, season 2... As season one left off, opens up with Hercules versus Jack the Ripper. Yeah. A uh, very surprising, weird matchup. And from what I've seen uh, ahead from Record of Ragnarok, is that all of the, you know, uh, remaining fights play to that. So like, you don't you don't know who the humans are going to send. Mm-hmm. And in, in some cases, it can be unexpected who the gods choose to send in. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's very interesting. So. It does sound interesting. It sounds like the other anime. I'm sorry it escapes me. I know I've seen it. Or at least, it's, oh, it's like Stay Fate? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, the Fate series is usually, like, uh, historic figures yeah. reincarnated into to a to different To sell merchandise, form. yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, 
Which is also, I think, inevitably we're going to cover that on the podcast, mm-hmm. too, because that's had a lot yeah. of good installments. It has a lot of seasons, though, so um, we have to be careful what we pick over there. Yeah, yeah. To show off the best of the best, the creme de la creme. Different uh, iterations, but that's that's my first thing. I've also been continuing with one anime adjacent to what we're watching today, being Trigun Stampede. Mm-hmm. I'm almost done, and it is quality, mm-hmm. as I say often. Uh, I think it is a good companion series to the original, because I'm almost through the rewatch of the original, taking notes pre, you know before we see it mm-hmm. um and i'm enjoying both in different ways it feels like a, a a different skew in the story there's some characters that aren't present from the manga or the original that are in the new one mm-hmm. that are entirely invented for the new one but the animation looks lovely i everyone's hot <laughs> which mm-hmm. is which is an important thing which we'll get to later on they made one of our characters very very hot <laughs> yeah no that's one of the things we've been wrestling with you yeah i mean uh, it, it just don't it, it, watch watch trigun and watch trigun stampede mm-hmm. that, that, that's all i could say that was my one anime adjacent thing that i have so far um, my other anime-adjacent thing is obviously, uh, the season that will be known as Pokemon Horizons started airing, oh, and yes, yes. Uh, it seems like people are feeling very positive about it. Mm. Um, I, I watched the episodes, and they are... It, it's a quality start. It mm. is just a very, very fresh start for these characters. It's not like... I mean, obviously, there's a Pikachu and a Charizard there. Yeah, well, you have to have that. But there's no, like, Ash references. There's no, like... It's just a, they're they're letting these characters kind of re- like, begin yeah. this journey themselves. Um Quite notably, uh, there uh, there was a little turt that appeared. I saw, yeah. Um, which is the first time that I think the anime has been allowed to premiere a Pokemon with no forenotice in, like, hmm. decades, I want to say. Okay, so maybe we can have more surprises like that along the way. Yeah, and it's, I mean, especially now with, with like, like the DLC setup, there could be other surprises in store like that. But, I'm I, you know, people kind of likened it to when Ho-Oh showed up in the anime for the first time. Mm-hmm. Liko, the new protagonist kind of gets her moment like that where the yeah. little um terrestrial turtle saves her from certain doom mm. um and it's a it seems like an interesting setup like she's at a little academy in the kanto region which i assume is an easy way to connect things to scarlet and violet mm-hmm. uh and then obviously you have professor freed and his his big stupid airship filled yeah. with colorful characters mm-hmm. that i really like and uh, like, I think these first three episodes were all focused on just introducing, well, the first two that aired plus the one next week were all focused on introducing, like, So Nico. there's, like, no major goal yet? We don't know that exactly yet? Or I, I think it's just kind of, like, to solve the mystery of the pendant for Liko, because, okay. um, the, the, uh, emo boy with mm-hmm. the Cerulege, mm-hmm. your, your fave... Mm-hmm. Um, who is pursuing them, I-, I seem to be working for some kind of shady group that wants ah. that pendant for something nefarious. Okay, we can only imagine. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm assuming they're going to be going on adventures around the world with Professor Freed, and then I would assume that, that Roy, then, is going to get introduced in, like, the fourth episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess to kind of balance out the fact that it- it's not following, like, a standard tournament arc or gym arc or anything like that they are finally using like uh like subtitles for each season oh cool so it's like this saga this story arc is mm. like the the departure of Liko and roy yeah. so it's like they're going to similar to the way other anime 
work they'll they're going to you know signal what story arc is currently in progress which which is interesting yeah. like it'll it gives yeah. it some longevity i yeah. think so it's different it's new but this change seems good yes yeah. i i completely agree so uh my next piece of news on the docket is music based being that in, you may listen back to the season two of our our little podcast where we did mm-hmm. over the garden wall mm-hmm. and uh thoroughly enjoyed that uh, uh pat McHale and jr kaufman and the blasting company put out a new record entitled those wild days which is uh, a bunch of 60s-style love songs in the style of Over the Garden Wall. Mm-hmm. And I'm obsessed with it. I backed their band camp, little Kickstarter thing. I showed it with you and your friends because I know this music, you know. Oh, it's yeah, It's chill, yeah. it's nice, it's put on the background. And it has, like, quirky art with, like, uh, like porcelain figures that he made for each one of the songs. So mm-hmm. I'm just happy whenever Pat McHale, you know, gets the chance to shine. Oh, of sense. course. Yeah. It's good to shout it out. I yeah. think he did work on the Guillermo Pinocchio, too so that would that would make sense yeah. music wise yeah. yeah i don't know music but i yeah maybe music he seems like a music guy but i know that him and guillermo were kind of like well yeah tone tone wise yeah, I, yeah I'm championing sorry. that yeah. um but listen to that back it it's already funded so if you back it you get the vinyl mm-hmm. or whatever you want physically i just that's neat <laughs> no no it is yep. by all means yep. and you um since it's something that we don't have in common, mm-hmm. um, if anything, it might uh, prompt disgust in you. No. Uh, you you did check your tea leaves this morning, mm-hmm. and an ill omen was there, yeah. uh, which can only mean that it's time for Star Wars news. Uh, because last <laughs> last weekend, I uh, I went on a small vacation with my with my brother, and did you go to Naboo? <laughs> no, 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 I didn't. Quite the opposite, actually. But we. Uh, we were, you know, we were doing a little, uh, brother's trip, but I was completely unaware that Star Wars Celebration was oh, yeah. happening. Um, yeah, we got that, uh, the trailer for the series you like, the animated one. Yeah. Visions. I dare not name it, because there's so many different names for Star Wars franchises. Well, I mean, yeah. but, uh, we'll get to that yeah. in one moment, yeah, but it, it, it's, uh, I was, I was completely unaware that it was happening, and we, uh, you know, uh, me and my brother are both, uh, we both share a love of Star Wars, so it gave us something mm-hmm. extra to talk about, but... Lot dropped, and I always, I always like mentally assume that it's going to happen on like May the fourth, but yeah. it, it doesn't. It's just a, it seems to just be this <laughs> April weekend the twelfth. <laughs> um, so a lot of stuff got announced, uh, as per um, what you just mentioned. Star Wars Visions yeah. is getting a second season. I'm gladly watched that. I enjoyed that. Uh, more. It looks like a you know a handful of anime studios are involved, but they have also reached out globally to a ton of different animation studios from around the world. Some mm-hmm. of whom are doing um, stop motion anime. Uh, the the uh, the studio that did like Secret of the Kells and those Ooh. Irish movies are are you know okay. that I think it's informally like that Irish myth trilogy yeah. that studio is working on one uh, you know uh, multiple I think like stop motion claymation um, straightforward anime and I think even like a handful of uh, American studios and stuff uh, all different kinds of animation styles looking looking very good mm. uh, we also got. Some trailers for uh, Ahsoka. Yeah. Which is, uh, I'm very excited for that. They had the Spider-Man meme with, like, uh, whoever plays her. It's not Daphne Rubavega. Who plays, like, the live-action Ahsoka? Rosario Dawson? Rosario Dawson. I only remember that. I got them confused because both of them are technically related to the Rent movie. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> that's all I know. No, understandable. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, um, but she was there, and, uh, you know, they showcased that trailer. It's looking great. They, they name-dropped Heir to the Empire, a, a, a Legends book that is no longer canon, mm. but they seem to be adapting it, adapting shades of it back into canon. Mm. 
um, or at least referencing it, because Thrawn's going to be showing up. Thrawn is a villain that I think you would love, Jonathan. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a very, uh, you know, snooty, uh, devilishly sophisticated individual who... He eats a cherry tomato as the audience screams, no! No, well, not, <laughs> no, not even. He, uh, he analyzes art and music to oh. determine his, his okay. uh, opponent's weaknesses. I see. Um, and that's how, that's how he's uh, such a st strategic genius. Hmm. Um, but that was previewed. Uh, it was pretty cool because there's uh, several characters that are going to be appearing there that only ever showed up in animation previously uh, from Rebels. So we got our first looks at them in live action. Um, then we got, uh, you know, a bunch of new movies. Well, three new movies specifically announced. So uh, what they did, seemingly from what I, what I, was, what I was able to gather was that they put up a timeline of everything that they, you know, had been made so far, that was canon, mm. and they started expanding it outwards. And these three new movies, which seem to be the most solid plans that uh, they have put out thus far, um, obviously in the course of this podcast, I've talked a lot about the things that they've announced that have gone nowhere. But according to many folks, you know, getting leaks from the inside... The kind of gluttony of mm -hmm. Star Wars and Marvel stuff... Yeah, that's what I was about to say, yeah. ...that was announced during COVID was very much like a COVID business strategy. Like, mm -hmm. we're going to inundate all the feeds with all of these projects getting announced, and none of them, or the vast majority of them, did not have, like, any kind of solid foundation. Mm -hmm. But dialing that back and focusing on these three projects signing up the directors announcing the directors signing up you know the the cast in some cases i w i think is a much better approach yeah. um so the first film that they talked about was uh james mangold a very excellent director uh he is going to be working on a uh, a movie that will focus on the dawn of the jedi all the mm -hmm. way back to the first jedi that has been cut like that was covered in some non-canon books way back when mm -hmm. um but it has not been explored in other mediums a whole lot so mm -hmm. that should be interesting mm -hmm. uh then uh dave filoni the man who has been working on you know behind the scenes on many of the the, the, the clone wars animated series rebels all of that good stuff yep. uh he is stepping forward to make a live action movie oh. that will tie together the mandalorian ahsoka book oh. of boba fett and the other live-action shows. That feels like a hefty task, though. It does, but yeah. he has been... Him and Jon Favreau have been, like, the stewards of that mm. segment of the franchise. So... They have the big Bible yeah. ready. Yeah, yeah. They, they they do if, 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 you know... It seems to be in the best hands possible for a project like that. So mm. that will be that culmination movie. And then finally, um, a... Uh, She's not. She's not a newcomer director. She's directed other. Pro like she directed um, uh, Miss Marvel for okay. Disney Plus. All right. But uh, Charmaine Obai Chinoy will be directing a movie set after the events of podcast favorite Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, mm -hmm. in which Rey, played by Daisy Ridley, will be building a new Jedi Order hmm. fifteen years after the events of that past oh, movie. Okay. Uh, I was very happy to see Daisy mm -hmm. get to come back and be welcomed back at this event <laughs> after all the tiresome internet bullshit no. these many years. We'll get to that. Like, Listen, we, we're in two separate fandoms, but I have tired internet bullshit as oh, well. Good, good, yeah. 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 So it, it's all over the place, yeah. but like, I'm just happy that, that 
hopefully they can get more of them to come back but mm-hmm. i was it was just cool to see daisy ridley welcomed back onto that stage and like you know mm-hmm. we're gonna kind of ignore the weird tiktok people for yeah. a little bit and like just just make content with what we have mm-hmm. um so i'm looking forward to all of this stuff and then obviously we got like a handful of, of other things like uh in terms of having too many games, uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor comes out next week. Yep. The first one was an awesome game. Even Grant... Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Even Grant? A, a steadfast, serious man oh, who no. has very little time for Star Wars. The he Venn diagram of theater and Star Wars, and then Grant's in the middle. Yes. Yeah. The perfectly balanced... Yeah. Yeah, the one uh, we both influenced. <laughs> um, he played it. He loved it. Huh. Uh, so, excellent game. So that should be coming soon. And then we got like discussions and panels of, of other things, like Return of the Jedi, I think might be getting like a 30th anniversary... Mm-hmm. Um, theater screening, mm. or if it's not already in progress. Well, I know they're doing the live orchestra things, too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Lots lots of cool things announced like that. Mm. Uh, but that is the Star Wars news that I had. All right, well, so you talked about Star Wars. I get to talk about theater for an equal or greater length of time. Mm-hmm. More or less, it depends. Uh, as I mentioned previously, Phantom is closing today. How fortuitous that you now are exposed to Phantom. Yes. So you know the impact that it's had. Literally was in the city yesterday with the last uh, purchasable tickets... Uh, that that group of people were there. And mm-hmm. when I tell you, been on Broadway a lot in my life. Everywhere I went in the city, someone had a Phantom shirt on. So that just shows how much... <laughs> solidarity, yes. The, it, it was Solidarity's morning. There was like um, a Scottish parade. And I said, oh, is this because Phantom's closing on this <laughs> yeah, day? Yeah. I said, it, it has to be fortuitous that this happened at the same time. But, you know, the, they, the fans with the PH were out in their abundance, mm-hmm. showing their fan pride. And uh, waiting to get into the Majestic for one last time, which they refused to kind of leave until the cast came out and sang Happy Trails, which is what we do in the theater when, like, a show is in the books Mm -hmm. and says it won't um, go on. What I wouldn't give to be a fly on the wall in that invited last final performance Mm -hmm. uh, today that is occurring for invited guests and phantom adjacent people. But it is the end of an era. I do not think that this is going to be the last time Phantom's on Broadway. It's heavily rumored that the... The cheaper touring production is going to go in its place mm-hmm. at a later date, but Angeloid Weber is currently on Broadway. I know he visited the cast of American Bad Cinderella yesterday, mm-hmm. and he's definitely doing some stuff for Phantom today, and he has a special announcement a la anime and Pokemon and Star Wars to make this week concerning Phantom. Okay. So, oh, there'll be more fan news in our future. Have you covered what's going into the Majestic? Or? They don't know yet. Okay. We don't know. When a show is immediately closed, especially one that's such long-lived as Phantom, it takes a few uh, months or weeks to schedule something. Or announce that something's yeah. going in there. Yeah. Um, along with that, I've seen tons of theater. Something that we do have to see eventually is both the Spirited Away live adaptation. Yes. That is on Hulu on a Thursday, but I'll try and find it through my internet friends. Uh, so we can watch that at mm-hmm. some point to tie together both our interests. And then, uh, apparently rumored the My Neighbor Totoro production from London is coming over here. Mm-hmm. And it's like approved by Joe Hisayashi and Miyazaki and everything. Um, apparently it is a game changer. Mm-hmm. It has made grown men weep when they see Totoro come out. Totoro has not been <laughs> revealed to the public. The only way you can officially see Totoro in action is to go see the show. They have not leaked anything. There is nothing online concerning this giant puppet. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So when that does come, that will be a family outing for all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with that, my trek to the theater continues with four other shows that I saw over last week and this week. I'm going to try and keep this simple and fresh. Um, the first one... 
was, you know, I said, I'm in a bright mood. Let me watch a Tom Stoppard play about the Holocaust. That will surely uh, uh-huh. <laughs> eliminate my worries. Great play. Excellent. I saw Leopold Stott, which mm-hmm. uh, follows a family uh, throughout three separate timelines in dealing with the Holocaust and coming up more to the modern day. Very powerful. Very wonderful. Should be filmed. Um, it was just that great. The only person I really knew that was in the cast is Brendan Urowitz, who I know more as a singer, but he a competent actor. actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, but it was great. Highly recommend. A lot of good plays this season. It is a stacked season on Broadway. Then, you know, more up my alley. Uh, that night, I got to see Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street, starring mm-hmm. your fave Josh Groban. Uh, yes, I suppose. And yeah. <laughs> uh, Annalee Ashford, who apparently is in a lot of uh, Sondheim musicals as of late, so I, I give her kudos for that. Well, uh, yeah. I should note, yeah. in terms of faves, uh, in, t- in terms of the, the previously mentioned uh, brother's trip, mm. uh, he's actually a fave of my brother. Great. Matt, Matty, yeah. Matty Ryan had plenty of uh, Josh Groban playing <laughs> throughout that road trip. Yeah, you Raise Me Up <laughs> was blasting on the speakers, eh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but not one Natasha Pierre song, eh? Well, it, mm. it takes time, I yeah, suppose. It takes time. But, well, yeah. you're with the number one fan of Natasha Pierre, so... Uh, but go on. Go anyway, on. so I saw Sweeney, and I will be honest, it was the most inebriated I've ever been at a Broadway show before, but it was a long story mm-hmm. <laughs> in the tank. I met someone at a bar across the way. Gabe was late in getting there, so I had a few. We were buying each other drinks, talking about theater. She was into theater. I was into theater. Mm-hmm. We were exchanging stories, and... Uh, I wasn't physically there for the first act, but I was spiritually and emotionally there. And Mm -hmm. I know Sweeney well enough to know what's going on. Yes. So it was not my favorite production of Sweeney Todd that I've ever uh, laid witness to, but they certainly did try. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, Josh just seems far too nice to be a barber set upon revenge and killing people. That's interesting. He take. seems more uh, like a, a cuddly teddy bear that won't kill anyone. A beast, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if he came out in that giant beast costume, that would have made the production. In that for next me. suit, yeah. 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 Uh, Annalee Ashford and Mrs. Lovett is doing her own thing. Loved it. She was the only one with a Cockney accent, though, in Cockney London, <laughs> and it mm. wasn't good. <laughs> well, I, I mean, but she had the comedic chops that were needed, of course. Yeah, and the kid from Stranger Things, Gaten uh, Matarazzo, really great. Yeah. So, that was fun. Which kid from Stranger Things? Uh, Dustin. Okay. Yeah, okay. he's a musical theater actor. He was in Les Miserables, as Gavroche, in the parade at City Center. Okay. And more. So, he's like a theater kid with a great voice. Yeah. yeah I, uh, I know nothing about Stranger oh. Things beyond Which the Which you should. That, I think you would really enjoy that show. That even though a, it's kind of too mainstream. There's like a prequel book coming out about the Chrissy Wake Up Kid, but I, I, I don't... <laughs> there is, um, Yeah. Uh, I saw the internet was a buzz about that, mm-hmm. but I know nothing else. So, so you won't be reading it then? I won't be reading it, mm-hmm. uh, aside from the fact that it's like a, I don't know, like for 12-year-olds, but I, I, I don't it's know. It's for all the people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the next play I saw yesterday, uh, I'm always going to pronounce this wrong, I think it's prima facie, which is a legal term, meaning like at first sight. Yes. And it stars Jody Khmer, who you may know from Killing Eve and the like. Yes. Yeah, she's a a very competent actress, a master of accents. She's playing this Liverpudlian barrister um, who is constantly hired for, like, sexual assault cases, but then she goes through a sexual assault and has to represent herself in court. Mm -hmm. And it was powerful. It was poignant. It's her, a a one-woman show, 100 minutes on stage. 
It flowed very well. She did not miss a beat. That audience was in the palm of her hand. It is also filmed live in HD if you can get your hands on it or go see a screening of it. Mm-hmm. It's just a good thought-provoking piece that I think is handled very well in this day and age. Of course. So it, was, it was a good thinker. And then my favorite show of the... Well, not my favorite that we've seen. Doll's House still holds that honor. Of so course. blessed be you were yeah. there. Yeah. That you were able to attend that event of the season. Yeah. In yeah. my mind. Um, I wouldn't have said that before. Before the, before the public knew about that backstage exit. Yeah, yeah. yeah really. I, I had no idea that was coming. Um, anyways, I saw Camelot at mm-hmm. Lincoln Center Theater uh, in the new Bartlett Share production at the lavish Vivian Beaumont Theater, which he's done King and I, uh, South Pacific, My Fair Lady, all the big budget musicals going into Camelot. Camelot is not my favorite musical, surprisingly. But I loved this production of it. Mm-hmm. Um, however... And relating to the internet drama around it, both the internet, the critics, and the boomers I was seated around hated this production. Which is something that doesn't really happen to me. Usually I agree with one of those sources, but me it's me against the world at this point. It's not a good feeling, is it? it not, it's not a... It really to, especially isn't. when it comes to something so stupid. Yeah. I'm not saying that... No, I'm just yeah, saying that, yeah. like, between Camelot yeah. and Star Wars, yeah. it's it's... You look around and you see people frothing at the mouth and 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 it's like that brother my brother song yes. from pokemon yeah. plays when yeah. ash sees all the yeah. the pikachus like drop kicking each mm-hmm. other like that's what you look around like yeah. guys guys it's a space wizard yeah. so just you know mm-hmm. but I, I would assume it. it's like that it's yeah. a, a musical based on the once in future king yes. calm down can we can we yes. just stop i know you haven't read the book <laughs> it doesn't matter because <laughs> you don't know and they're like oh my community theater production was better a it, the script was updated. Camelot is notably, it does not have the very best book for a musical. Mm-hmm. It is long. It is nearly three plus hours long. Uh, two acts. And there's a lot of dialogue in this musical. There's a lot of talking. And not a lot of hummable tunes, as we say in the Broadway community. There are good songs, but there's not many who go home going, oh, I remember that. Right. Yeah. Well, is this the minimalist version that you it were was talking a, about? It was supposedly minimalist, mm-hmm. but they did a lot more with that stage than I expected. Okay. And they had really cool projections in the background, too. So I'll, I'll let that pass. They seem to have seen beyond that at that point. That was one of my initial fears going in. That was unfounded. Um, but the boomers around me were upset for two main reasons. And I can't believe we're talking about this. One of them is that Lancelot is not played by a white actor. And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me in this day and age with all the theater that's been revived and everything. Calm your titties down. I didn't even honor that with a response. I was like, get out. I don't even fucking care about that. They haven't stopped trashing The Little Mermaid. Yeah. Like, like, since that was revealed. So, yeah. Every week it's something. So, but go on. The second egregious atrocity was that... They felt that they made the character of King Arthur, uh, I don't, like, gay? <laughs> like, like, like Saint Seiya guys being dudes? Or, like, or like, like guys be. being dude, or he had a functional brain, and he kind of let his wife talk instead of giving her a knuckle sandwich. Oh, so It was they, like, mm, and it felt uh, very, like... They're like, oh, I would have told that Guinevere to just shut up and go to the kitchen instead. And I'm like, because in the original production, which was in a different time, Guinevere is less of a a character with some action to her. With agency. With agency. And Pippa Sue, who played her, has tons of agency in this production. Um, They give her actual full conversations to have with her and other women. So it passes the, the Bechdel test. 
Well, uh, <laughs> in terms of a of a of a news uh, segment that we that we're going to get to later, mm-hmm. they similarly leveled that criticism against the Mario movie yeah. before it started making more money than most movies. Like yeah. they 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 were like, oh, Mario doesn't like uh, Peach gets to do too much. Yeah, the, the Mario has gone woke, mm-hmm. and now. But then they but then they can't levy that because it made too much. So no. it's like they they backed off from that. But it's 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 incredible. <laughs> it is, and I I just don't understand that complaint because people are like, it's boring. They're talking too much. I'm like, that's not the point. They're talking about issues that are prevalent today. Like you know, how should the government been ru- be run? Like, is justice even a thing that we can achieve nowadays? Yeah. Uh, how is infidelity a thing? Mm-hmm. Like, it was it? I thought that it was a good adaptation of it. He did modernize some things. He threw threw in like a few f bombs, Aaron Sorkin, West Wing, and stuff. Um, he also did the To Kill a Mockingbird rewrite for that revival that I found excellent too. Mm-hmm. So I think he did a good job with that. But I, I was this was just not a complaint to me. And then the actual paid theater reviewers, who you think would have more common sense. They didn't mention any of that. That wasn't any of their issues. They just thought it was boring, and uh, it's a downer, but Camelot is a downer. It's always been a downer. Yeah. Well, like, Camelot is not a successful thing that happens in King Arthur's worldview. His thing is about passing it on to the next generation and each generation after that getting better for it. Yeah, and that's 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 consistent with Once and Future King, yeah, if I yeah, remember correctly, yeah, right? Yeah, that's, but... Yeah. It, it doesn't end happily. No, no. I just, I, I enjoyed it. I and it got, it had no positive reviews from any theater outlet. I so had, that really gave me. I don't know. I was just oh. I, I I'm. We don't have time for it today. Yeah. But so, at some somewhere down the line, because a lot of you know a lot of people have thought like Maggie May Fish, I think has like decent videos about this, mm-hmm. but the. Uh, at some point, when we have a anime or movie that would broach the subject, it w- because Once in Future King, people kind of look to the King Arthur stuff sometimes as like the one of the embodiments of like the hero's journey, mm-hmm. but they never pay attention to the later portions of that story, yeah. wherein things do not turn out okay for the protagonist, but ideally they're kind of casting a light into the future to like let some future progress happen mm-hmm. um and i don't know there's an interesting discussion to be had there i think about how people expect things to shake down when it mm-hmm. comes to like epic heroes and shit like yeah. that uh and they they think that it's some kind of like postmodern. oh they're subverting how a story is to, but no it was always told that way it's a lot of epic heroes meet like a very weird or sad end, yeah. but they influence. That's a tragic more hero, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah. when when we get there, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. But it, that is, there is stuff to go over with how that yeah. opinion kind of crops. I guess up, what I learned about theater this week is if you enjoy a show, don't let anyone. I mean, I knew this already. Don't let any other critic or boomer adjacent to you affect your opinion just enjoy it for the reasons that you do yeah yeah and don't be a bitter pill about it during intermission and be like oh this is the worst production i've ever seen yeah i'm sure this show at the vivian beaumont the most extravagant theater at lincoln center is the worst show you've ever seen i'm positive (laughs) yeah don't even be a jagged little pill about it yeah oh oh, (laughs) i dare not tread into that land (laughs) 
Um, um, but yeah, that's my theater corner ended. Of course. Uh, should yeah, we? Are there more shows on the horizon? Uh, there are two more. No, one more next week. I'm seeing and Juliet. We've got Oliver. We've got Murder on the Orient Express. I think in May at the Paper Mill. Uh huh. And there's more next season. And then mm-hmm. late in the piazza, but uh, there that's in June. Of course. So for this season, I think I'm mostly done. Okay. Yeah. Um, since I kind of already broached it, if that is if that concludes mm-hmm. theater corner, mm-hmm. um, we'll move to the movie theater yes. theater. <laughs> um, we'll talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yes. If you if we may. Yeah. Um, of course. Why not? We um, both saw it. Both saw it. Mm-hmm. And it, I agreed with your assessment. It is a simple but delightful little movie yeah and it you you literally go in and you come out feeling great it's a it's it's a movie it's what a movie should i you know you have a good kind of movie should be yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. i enjoyed it so much for all the little nintendo easter eggs that are in it and there are lots yeah Yeah. there are tons to other adjacent franchises i nearly welled up when i saw that shiggy's name was like in the opening credits Mm -hmm. as like a shiggy miyamoto film yes said he finally did it he made it to cinema (laughs) He did. And uh, this movie's been uniting the generations, as I've talked about with other people, too. It's like, oh, my grandpa played this. I played this. My kids played this. We all know who Mario is. No, it's... Not it's, to say anything about Sonic, but... <laughs> it's making, um... It, it's making... It's making big bucks. Like, every... Like, I don't even know... I'm not even positive how many international markets it's premiered in, even. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it premiered here first, and it's already set a number of records. Um, which... I, I mean... In today's theater climate, like, that's... Every so often, it's kind of good to be reminded, like, okay, like, movies can still draw these huge crowds Mm -hmm. when the incentive is correct. And Mm -hmm. I think in this case, Mario kind of brings everyone together. So, Mm -hmm. like you said. Yep, the score was phenomenal. Yes. Uh, Loved that. Uh, And my favorite part of the movie, you know, I I had to give it to Dan, Bowser and uh, the, the Kongs. Yeah. And Dan was coming up roses. Chunky Kong was in there, and Diddy Kong, <laughs> and um, Dixie was yeah. in there. They they all got little cameo. I don't yeah. know why Lanky was excluded, but they they were surely all in, there. in the next. Surely, yeah. Um, but I, I was a lot of stuff I was just not expecting, mm-hmm. and it was uh, you know, and then there were other like little visual gags, like the Ludwig brand piano. Mm-hmm. That Bowser keeps playing. Yep. There's like a Jumpman arcade system. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spike, Spike from, from the Wrecking, Wrecking Crew. Yeah, yeah, like it was just all stuff like that. And then so many questions posed. Like, what is the family life like at the Mario residency? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of quirky family members we didn't really get to focus on. But I want to learn about their Italian heritage, too. <laughs> if I if I could speculate, mm. I think that we were introduced to the family because realistically, Wario could be like his cousin oh, or gosh. something. Yeah. If I had to guess. And Waluigi's like, in a tank somewhere. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but canonically, Waluigi's not related no, to him. So it, yeah. would, it would just be him and his friend. But it would be like I, I, I had to assume that that's why the Mario extended family was was mm-hmm. was there. Yeah. But I, I'd be I'd be interested to see what happens because it it could go any number of ways. Mm-hmm. And this all this like language being used, and they got like a Nintendo logo, and they got like a multiverse thing going. It's like this could this could be the launching point for a lot of Nintendo themed movies. Yeah. You, you could get uh, just you not could, an F Zero one. Well, no, but I, I I don't even I don't even know how that would. But unironically, I was sitting there thinking, like, you know, considering how quality this movie is, like, this is like a tight quality little production here. Like, I could, 
I could see, you know, like a Zelda movie happening via Illumination. I could I could see, mm-hmm. you know, uh, even like a Metroid, Metroid, like a yep. standalone standalone Donkey Kong, like a mm-hmm. uh, Kirby, like all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's if you just make like these simple little, you know. Uh, animated like from from illuminate and, I, and i'm talking simple like, in terms of like story structure wise yeah yeah like, you don't like, need a lot going into it but but obviously a lot went into the production because yeah. it's it's a gorgeous movie yeah. um but i think that animation is the best route to go with these nintendo properties mm-hmm. and they could can you imagine if they built up to some kind of like smash, Super smash bros, bros thing? Yeah, universe like that How would insane i like i think that would just print money yeah. for them and yeah. i i feel like it could happen so mm-hmm. I don't know. I was just very, very pleasantly surprised. Same with me as well. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next on the docket, what do I have here? Oh, we have to talk about the uh, the chocobo in the room. Yes. Final Fantasy 16. Yes. <sighs> Another game to add to the list, huh? <laughs> it is looking absolutely fucking gorgeous. It, it is, and it looks so good, but there's so many games, Dan! <laughs> there's so many games. There's so many oh, games. Oh god, it looks beautiful and gorgeous, and y- you fight with the giant summons, and <laughs> there's crystals, and... Like, I-, I missed my window to start mm-hmm. Battle ne- the Battle Network collection uh-huh. this past weekend, but that is out now. Yeah. Uh, Reboot Camp is this week, mm-hmm. uh, then Star Wars <laughs> Jedi, and then we'll be moving into Zelda and, yep. and Final Fantasy sixteen territory, and these are, these are all giant... <laughs> things they still have so many things to play but on on the subject of final fantasy 16 it just looks like a like a quality game experience like i i don't know was it spoken about as if it's open world or if it is it just like connected zones i don't know i'm specific it seems pretty open world to me like at the very least traveling once you've unlocked locations seems you can zip right on over there and i'm not that's not a point to or for against it i you know i'm fine with the huge zones yeah. but it, yeah. it, it's uh it, no it just looks it looks gorgeous it like has this blend of obviously the, the, the kind of blend that we love of like medieval and then like some steampunkish yeah. uh technology thrown in there giant crystal stupid cities mm-hmm. um a lot going on lloyd and, lion liquor or whatever his name is <laughs> our main character yeah um clive clive that's what i was trying to think of what clive. it was i listen i love it I, i'm used to the final fantasy kingdom hearts bullshit of it all so you can give me any name <laughs> and then like the the fights with the icons oh, and yeah. you're doing the panzer dragoon oh. thing with the phoenix and it's like oh yeah we have all these scenarios built up so you can use these icons against these other icons mm-hmm. if you want to and the battle will play out differently and oh. then you're you're playing as Ifrit doing like a wall run <laughs> yeah. up the like the back of uh, like that Earth Titan or icon, whatever it's like it is. Like Final Fantasy VII Advent Children in the real world. It it is, yeah. and I don't know. Just the scale seems very gigantic, mm-hmm. and they've approached even. Um, and it's got like Kingdom Hearts live action combat. Yes, so yeah. I'll be there. Um, you got a dog. Chocobo yeah. writing. Yep. Moogles, sound effects, classic sprites are in there at some points for references. There's nothing yeah. else I could have requested. I would assume a lot of old monsters being brought back as like, yeah. you know, in, in new HD brilliant mm-hmm. form, whatever. Um, and an interesting take on how they're doing like the difficulty stuff. Because mm-hmm. your character can be equipped with these different accessories 
that depending on like it's not a, I don't think it's a matter of like easy medium hard yeah. whatever it's just it's, like things you have trouble with like oh I, yeah I can get a longer reaction to dodge or I can wear this and dodge everything yeah and I'm fine with that and you can equip different combinations to like mm-hmm. you know if you're a person who has trouble you know uh, such as myself like timing certain like parries and stuff like that then you can slow that down mm-hmm. without you know detracting from the you, you know how many hits you have to yeah, deliver or you it. could like, just it's... put on cinematic mode and play the game yeah and yeah. it's i, I, I like it about combat it like it very much mm. it, it seems like a a very um efficient system we got all those skill trees for every single icon uh, i'm assuming you mean uh, obviously shiva and the, the wind one for me uh, I, I'm feeling, unironically, I'm feeling like uh, like a purple Pikmin, yeah, Phoenix or <laughs> or Ifrit. Yeah. But I also when when we saw um, Leviathan in there, mm-hmm. he looked pretty cool. <laughs> but I don't know. Oh, and we saw uh, Bahamut in, yep. the, in there too. Yep. Um, we saw a lot of people, but no, it just it just looks it looks like something special. Mm-hmm. So. I'm gonna be picking that up. All right. Haven't even finished Resident Evil Four yet. So. I haven't even started Resident <laughs> Evil Four yet, Dan. So we got egg on our face, Yoshi egg, in some context of it. I, I, the last thing I did in Four, I, um, <laughs> I think I, I'm obsessively trying to find everything around the lake. So mm. I killed the big fish. Wow. And then Just I'm looking, blazing through, uh, looking, looking around the lake and solving all the stupid. <laughs> Like, like house puzzles. So, you know, because Leon can take his time while rescuing Baby Eagle. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Before we get to the last big news item, Mm -hmm. I assume it's our last one. There is a minor one, Mm -hmm. and it's a Splatfest, Dan. It's that time again. (laughs) It's that time again where I bring up the Splatfest and you try to settle the score on which you would choose, and it does tie into our next news item. I'll see if the audience can guess how. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Splatfest for this upcoming one, the question posed, and I always consider the question posed, even though most of the fan base does not. Mm-hmm. They don't They don't mind that question. They just pick what looks the best to them. Yeah. And they don't answer the question either. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it says, which would you possess? <laughs> which would you possess of these three, Dan? Mm-hmm. Courage... Power or wisdom? <laughs> um. Well, I assume that that I think I'm. I, I can guess yours. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. My gut instinct for me says says power mm-hmm. because we've never actually because y- yeah the wielder of that one has been a dick historically <laughs> mm-hmm. but. I I would, I because I don't know I don't know if I embody the shonen tropes of, of courage and such mm. despite what you mm. pin me as yeah but I I my gut says power you're playing with power yeah hmm. I would pick wisdom mm-hmm. then I pick courage then I pick power but I know for a fact based on a certain reveal trailer that we were shown yes that power is gonna sweep yes <laughs> for other reasons yes which is fine. I'm down for it, but I just hope that maybe one time before Splatoon, Splatoon Four comes out, um, I'll win a Splatfest in Splatoon Three. Yes. Well, I mean, there could be depending on what Nintendo games are on the horizon. They always do a tie-in, so maybe at some point that'll. Yeah. Well, John yeah. suggested that maybe it might be a Pikmin one, and I laughed. <laughs> think which color is yeah, the... <laughs> red, blue, or yellow? <laughs> um. But but again, 
it's to me that that is is difficult because um again we've we've seen how the wisdom mm-hmm. triforce is applied yeah but we have not gotten a lot of hands-on stuff with how courage and power are mm-hmm. applied we just know that the one dude is a dick <laughs> and the other dude yep yeah so you know we, we don't know we know that it provides them some boost but we i don't know if we can quantify whatever boost it gives the two of them yes but Again, I I would lean towards power because yeah. despite our you and I having a sitcom arch nemesis dynamic, mm-hmm. I don't know if I fall into plucky sitcom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know if I I fall into plucky protagonist category. This isn't so. scripted, man. <laughs> so, uh, oh yeah, it's like the Real Housewives, <laughs> yeah. But the um, but yeah, so but but because of the reasons you stated. Yeah. Power is probably going to sweep. So. And care to get into our final news story, Dad? Yes, mm. uh, we got take a, it away. an absolutely amazing trailer for Legend of Zelda: <sighs> Tears of the Kingdom. They did it again. You know, I had I had such doubts, Sister James, in the heart of hearts. I said, "What are they going to do?" And the doubts have been erased, yeah. just as they were with that final Breath of the Wild trailer, the initial one. Well, yeah, that first Breath of the Wild. Oh, that was trailer. first. That Sorry. was the yeah. that was the first yeah. look we got at it, yeah. and people were people were stressed. I'd say you and I included mm-hmm. that the tra- like the first trailer that they used for Tears of the Kingdom was not like that. Mm-hmm. But all in all, they were saving this, yeah. And I think that the reveal was very effective. Mm-hmm. I think that building up that anticipation in people kind of. I, I wouldn't say one-to-one recreated the experience of that first Breath of the Wild trailer, because especially this past week, the discussion that I have seen is like, that first Breath of the Wild trailer is probably one of the greatest video game trailers of all time, mm-hmm. and I would probably agree with that. Mm-hmm. I have watched that shit Countless on repeat times. many times. Yeah. It is exactly, you know, how you would want to get people excited. But this, in its own way, I think managed to do the very same this week. Like, a lot of people... 180 on there yeah. like not not like, us not, not us not us who pre-ordered the switch open yeah, who, <laughs> despite we not needing it our souls despite were the money being gone in the bank and me. yeah uh, it was uh we, we chose between food and that <laughs> switch and we we really did but we um you know but but a lot of people like content creators who talk about this stuff did 180 on it based on this trailer mm-hmm. because they i think that this trailer fully alleviated well, not only the trailer, but also the associated material that was put online yeah. helped to, like, alleviate a lot of what people were mm-hmm. worried about. Like, it confirmed that, yes, there is technically an entire network of underground So, it's underground stuff. and Sky and Hyrule, maybe yeah. in two different time periods. Possibly. So, we might get two entire Hyrule maps. There are seemingly structures that could be dungeons. There's a yep. flying ship. Yep. There's a big ziggurat. Yep. There's, like, a... a you know, there's like distinct boss battles. Mm-hmm. I think, um, how, what, what, how I forget you... his name. I know what you're talking about. The three headed dude, right? Yeah, the three headed yeah. dude. The, yeah. and then the big, um, desert centipede whose yeah. name I'm forgetting. Mold, mold, Moldova, Moldora. Well, Moldova is a country, but, uh, <laughs> Moldova. <laughs> yeah, but like Molga- Mol- Molgatha, whatever yeah. her name is. Yeah. The, that, that big centipede coming out of the sinkhole yes. in the desert. Yeah. 
Um, uh, we got new and old characters alike. Yes. Uh, and our old ones are going through it. They're looking better than ever. Yes. Uh, Return of Prince Sidon. Apparently the characters are fighting alongside you at points too, which is very cool. Multiple ones. Yeah, Link yeah. is in, I think in a few shots, you have like a Buckethead ally <laughs> yep. uh, and several others like a Goron and other mm-hmm. people. So seemingly you can take a whole party of allies yep. into combat yep. with you. There's a, a, a new race that's invaded Hyrule or been there forever. We don't know. They could be aliens because apparently that's where Breath of the Wild 1 was going to go. There mm-hmm. was going to be like an alien subplot mm-hmm. as well with like this. So I'm glad they're implementing those features back. Uh, we get hot Ganondorf. We do. We get hot Ganondorf. He's been hydrated. <laughs> And hot. Fully hydrated. Voiced voice by, by Matt, Matt Mercer. Mercer. So, you know, what more could they give me? Put Patty Lapone in the game and... Maybe Demise? Thing. Yeah, maybe. We, we see demise, And behind. we know how you like Demise. I do. <laughs> um, but Ganondorf is back. We He is rendered beautifully in this... In this, I was hoping to see him in this kind of Ghibli-esque art style mm-hmm. that we have. I mean, everyone is. But uh, he is back. We... We get that mysterious robed figure in who kind of is speaking to Zelda mm-hmm. at one point. Yeah. People are saying that's a Zonai. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget if they got name dropped. In they the... they might have gotten loosely mentioned in like an Easter egg in the first one because Zelda's diary says like I have a dream about this woman yeah. who like radiates power and it could be Helia, it could be whatever. Yeah, we don't know, but it's expanding the Zelda lore. It is, and it's doing a wonderful job at referencing the past games as well. Yeah. Oh, and and goat. Lady, <laughs> ghost lady, or goat, beautiful man. We don't know, yeah. but there's a there's a very demonic looking mm-hmm. uh, goat yes. person in one of these shots. So I'm ex- that excites me because um, if if I thought anything was missing from from Breath of the Wild, uh, I it, and it was compensated for by having like the the Higa clan and mm-hmm. everything like that those shenanigans. But I like. I like how Zelda villains interact with with one another, mm-hmm. and I think this opens up the door to see, like, other, um, you know, past Zelda characters kind of get this beautiful Breath of the Wild treatment. Like, I was thinking of, like, what if Twin Rova gets yeah. referenced? Like, yeah. they, they, they would look, you know, reasonably creepy in this style, mm-hmm. and it, it, there's endless possibilities, really. Give me Jabu Jabu. <laughs> and the score. Yeah. The oh. sexy sax. Oh, <laughs> I'm I'm undone by the scores we're receiving as of late. Like the the Kenny G music starts oh playing, my gosh. As and you just Link start is... weeping. I'm like, I feel for these characters that aren't real. And you're getting like the Skyward Sword like uh, Fi sounds mm-hmm. in just interspersed, yeah. like it's corrupting yeah. the the music in the yeah. background. I'm like, what's that? What yeah. could that be? Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of stuff going on. I mean, needless to say, this and Final Fantasy are now at the top of my list, so yeah. I will be dropping other games to play those two. Yeah, not uh, that I'm playing anything as late, but they are at the top. Of course, of yeah. course. But but very exciting. Yeah. We got we got a lot of stuff coming, yeah. and so. that's all the news I have for this week. Same for me. Well, it's been an hour, Dan. Yes. You want to do a tangent or you want to dive in? Uh, I say we dive in because I I have actually made leaps and bounds on Ooh. several art pieces this week. I showed you two of them one last week i finished another one yesterday Uh, one of your og prompts Mm -hmm. the wagon wheel is wagon wheel uh you that that was i think in the first time that that you delivered prompts to me few other ones are almost ready they just need some coloring and stuff um but i will be coming to you uh in the future Mm. for more prompts and ideas and such because a lot of people are going to need signature mons 
um, and I will consult with you about the design work on some other things as well. Hmm. Um, but we got a lot coming. But yes. focus on anime. Yep. Take it away. So, so an hour into this podcast, welcome back. Anime was not a mistake. The news segment has ended, and we can continue watching anime once again. Yes. Uh, we are resuming with Trigon, a classic series from our youth, maybe yours, maybe your present, maybe your future. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Uh, but it is a fun anime, nonetheless. Where were we last on Trigon, though? We met Vash the Stampede and the gals mm-hmm. for the Bernard Deli Insurance Agency, mm-hmm. Millie and Merrill, and we were introduced to Vash's uh, pacifism and innate sadness despite being a goofy outwards gunslinger mm-hmm. so there was that good character dynamic going on there that boys can cry too yes that's right camelot audience men can cry yes and it could be fine that's a nice way to express emotion instead of i don't know screaming at your wife fellas it's not woke to <laughs> yeah. express emotion yeah. that's okay and if we get a one-star <laughs> review for that let it happen <laughs> it's fine <laughs> honestly i'll accept that if you're that pissed off at me for saying that i'd be fine squaring off against the theater yeah. crowd i feel i feel tough in certain circumstances i can do that, well, I don't know about that. Well, most of them are pretty on their way out at this point <laughs> um we were introduced to the desert planet and blend of western drama and plenty of comedy going around uh currently we're on a sand steamer heading on a trip over the edge led by a jojo villain yes <laughs> brilliant uh, shining dynamite neon yes <laughs> brilliant dynamite neon and his big giant shoulder tesla yeah. coils yes. is uh mm-hmm. you know he wants to do it to crack yeah. open that vault who dan loves who we will be getting and he will be seen again maybe mm-hmm. not in this context but uh for what i've seen he sticks around for a bit mm-hmm. uh, we'll be getting the conclusion of that arc in today's first episode and we'll be introduced to one of my favorite anime characters of all time a certain preacher with a very big cross nicholas d wolfwood is coming of course and i love that well i'll get to it when we discuss the episodes but i, I just love that i love him I love him and I love his relationship with Vash. No, you have been, you've been hyping this up yeah, for quite yep. some time. Yep. I'm interested to see, like, the context that he gets introduced. Mm-hmm. So, um, because again, my, my past with Trigon is kind of like broad strokes. Like, I remember watching some of it, but this is the most in-depth I've ever been with it. So yep. I'm, I'm curious to see how all this comes together and plays out, but loving it great mm-hmm. anime so i agree too so stick with us mm-hmm. and damn we've got to stop this sand steamer we do we do <laughs> but i got nothing but caps <laughs> <laughs> well we gotta gotta make sure we hydrate that was a lot of news i don't want to end up like that skeleton beneath hyrule castle oh my gosh i'll see you then Hello and welcome back to Anime Was Not a Mistake. Jonathan Kwiatkowski here again, just a preacher after some pudding. And we watched some Trigun and Mm -hmm. Dan, these episodes, these four, what did you think? Again, my memory is hazy in terms of of Trigun. I'm interested to see where, um, like, where where this priest's, like, where he's going to weave in and out of the story. Yeah, one Nicholas D. Wolfwood. Because Wolfwood seems to be... I, I, he seems to have, like, a major bro dynamic with yeah. Vosh, and I, I'm assuming that, like, he... 
I don't know. They work well together, mm -hmm. but I don't know what his grander design There's is. There's something going on there. Yeah. He seems to have some ulterior motives, but I'll, uh, I'll get into him when we get to him. But mm -hmm. one of my favorite anime characters, as I said. I yes. just like the, the preacher dynamic of it all. You give me a preacher with a gun and like a shady backstory who's comedic. And well, that's my character trope. That's what I love. And aesthetically, that huge, like, covered up, like, yeah. cross, like, uh, weapon question mark Which that he has. Which is even cooler in Stampede. Yeah. It I mean, I, I think it does a few different things at the end of the series, mm -hmm. but right now it's kind of just like a gun canister. Yes. Which is very cool, but uh, it, it does get a lot more action in Stampede that mm -hmm. I was like, oh, Dan will eat this right up if he oh. ever watches this. Of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so shall we, shall we go for it? Yes, yeah. <laughs> All right. So Let's episode eight. Uh, uh, end between the wasteland and sky and this is a continuation of the last episode we watched all those weeks ago mm -hmm. with your boy brilliant dynamite neon yes at the forefront of it so the continuation of the sand steamer being forced by brilliant dynamite neon to go careening over the edge of a precipice uh killing everyone on board in order to open this big safe yes that they've been aiming for well, and to literally crack it open yeah. not even bothering to yeah. oh, try to open yeah. it yeah. uh well they can't because they can't. the key was like in the city or something like that they said last episode yeah so so they couldn't physically open it. Um, and everyone on the ship is like, oh no, we only got 12 minutes. We're going 85 aisles per hour. Yes, aisles, I, not I, miles. I but... said that doesn't seem very fast. And then the time frame they give us doesn't seem like a very long time frame. It bullet time, quite yeah. literally. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. They do a lot in this 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 schedule. Uh, you're all going to die with us. Neon doesn't seem to think so. Vash and Kate, or Kite, are on the loose trying to stop the madness. Kite asks Vash why he saved him in the first place, and uh, Kite reveals that his dad was the engineer behind this huge stand sand steamer. And a, and a cl conflicted dynamic with him and his father. Like, on the one hand, he's like, oh, he was a workaholic who mm -hmm. poured everything into building Nothing his... but trains. <laughs> Nothing but trains. Mm -hmm. He designed a big, stupid train. That was his final thing. Um, but clearly, he did, like, love and admire his yeah. father. And because he seems... he's copied the blueprint by hand. Yeah, right down to his little scribbles and everything. Yeah. So it's... And he also kind of, like, um, you know, waxes a little bit about, like, not having a, a purpose... If he's not like designing something that can like help, like what is he what what is he going to do with his skills in this world? So. You made the DK bongo drums now. Yeah, what do you do with that once yeah. that's that's introduced? So, um, but the flashback with Kate shows that his father wants him to be a, a kind of person that does things for others, but. Uh, kite, sorry, it's spelled weird. It's K-A-I-T-E, mm -hmm. but it's pronounced kite. Um, it suggests that he doesn't have a dad. Like I don't really, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I'm more tough on my exterior. Yes. So I've got a lot of issues there. But Vash headbites uh, Kite and says that he's got to be positive and focus on surviving. Then Vash takes out some underlings and gets some more guns. We emerge on a series of voice tubes that connects the ship. Yeah, Kite is hanging out in like a safer, like a mechanical compartment. And he's going, like the plan would be to talk vash through the you know remainder of the ship so that vash can reach like the emergency shutoff for the engine mm -hmm. uh vash leaves a comical note for neon to find neon laughs and says that he's gonna have some fun like i made the right bet on you make sure you last until the final reel mm -hmm. he has very like one-liner villain dialogue yeah that dan was probably enjoying yes very much so and he's honorable too so yeah <laughs> 
Um, so Vash shouts a location, Vash hands Kite a pen that works as a communicator, and apparently this is something that is dubbed Lost Technology, something that hasn't been in this world before. Well, it's it's some it's like a wireless. I don't know if you would want to call it like an early Bluetooth thing, but it's mm-hmm. it is clearly more advanced than any of like these characters would have seen before. So you know, I think impossible with the pen communicator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think it totally spies with the, their many. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Their palm pilot, whatever the, the infinite fuck it laser, is, the, yeah. uh, the powder pilot, whatever the they called them something, but yeah. those. When are we bringing that to the podcast? Oh, totally the spies? We're going to have to invite uh, the whole family onto that one. Gabe's got to be there. Grant's got to be there. Everyone. Let's, For that's every the great, episode, yeah. The great unifier yeah. is that show. Yeah. Um, no one I've met has hated on Totally Spies. <laughs> no. No. Uh, but but it, but again, it's even if this seems like a simple little thing, you know, again, this is Vosh having this weird yeah. interaction with, like, old technology. Or lost technology we'll so vash runs off ready to approach the area that they're going to but he sees some henchmen outside and has to shoot them immediately not killing them but injuring them and he's like oh no i wasn't meant to do this this is happening too soon i didn't intend to take a life we have to bandage these people and kite is flipping out like what do you mean they were trying to kill you and you're stopping to take care of them that's yeah. not right you're too weak you're too soft well, yeah, not only is he taking care of them, but in the in the sloppiness of that, like, exit, Vash also got hit in the, like, yeah. grazed in the stomach with mm-hmm. a bullet. So yeah. he is tending to their wounds while bleeding out, and mm-hmm. Kite is, uh, is you know, yeah. understandably freaked and yelling at him. And all Vash is saying is, you gotta do it for her. And now this her isn't Maggie from The Simpsons, but yeah. it's another mysterious woman we keep seeing that has sing, uh, sung this song that's been used... In these past two episodes. Yeah, and he apparently promised her that he would not extinguish the spark of life, like, unnecessarily. Because mm-hmm. she, in his own words, this person would not be happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, seven minutes to go. <laughs> well, we also get this thing where Kite is like, you know, this this whole, like, he's basically, this whole world is fucked. Mm-hmm. It's like, every every man for themselves, like, yeah. w- what does it matter? Mommy have and daddy left. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't even, it reminded, oh, well, yeah, they did leave him. I thought it yeah. was implying that he got murdered, but it was, uh, they, they left him and he's like, you know, it's, you know, uh, survival of the fittest out yeah, here. Why you have some double dollars, kid? Yeah. Why have principles? And Vash is like, well, even if you haven't before, it's never too late to just take a fresh start mm-hmm. and then approach the next day with those principles. The ticket so. to the future is always open. Yes says Vash. Uh, Vash is injured, but continues onwards to come face-to-face with Neon and many men in a surprise, like, uh, sabotage. Yeah. And he's thinking to himself, like, Kite has to get out of that room, it's dangerous, but then Kite's knocked out. Well, and to be clear, it's because, like, Neon figures out what's going on, because Vash keeps, like, shouting uh, incorrect instructions into the tubes before they left, Mm -hmm. and then Dynamite, or Neon, whatever, uh kind of deduces like oh he's probably going to this place we'll all just wait and ambush him there just when brilliant uh, dynamite neon is about to say via condios meryl and millie surprise neon at gunpoint and say that they can't stand by this any longer you've got to use reasoning here either we're all gonna die or we're all gonna live in this scenario so what are you gonna do and then he's like well i'm gonna challenge vash the stampede because meryl drops his name yeah he's like well i've always wanted to fight him we're gonna do this honorably yeah. Um, let's go on the deck, and would you wager, like, the entire crew's lives on this duel? And Vash is like, sure, why not? I'll yeah. do it. So if, if Vash wins, then uh, Neon will agree to, to stop this... St- st- 
however he can, yeah. this careening sand This, suit, this engineer is like, oh no, the brakes don't work. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But then it's like uh, Neon has like his own tank off to the side, which presumably he would flee to mm-hmm. when the time came to crack the ship open. Um, but, I mean, that does become important later, but yeah. they decide to have a duel. Uh, the passengers can only bet on Vash, the duel, uh, they duel on the ship deck. Uh, let's start with this coin, when it hits the deck, we'll fire. Uh, the coin hits the deck and the ship hits another cliff. This doesn't stop Vash from not missing his mark. Both shoot each other, but Neon saves Vash from a boulder because he's injured after, like, leaping out of the way. Yes. And, uh, Meryl and Millie are tossed to the side, they don't know what's going on. Um, the emergency brakes aren't working, there's no steering, and Vash is like, we need kites. Um, and then, Kite is, like, running through the ship trying to get to, like, this uh, off-control switch. Yeah. When explaining to, like, some of the other engineers, like, there's this switch in this one room, but the engineer's like, oh, stupid kid, you're responsible for this in the first place. Well, Kite And they is... kick the crap out of a child. <laughs> well, yeah, well, because they know that he betrayed them but he you know they're they're still a little well even one of the technicians is like i lost one of my best men because mm-hmm. you you know betrayed us um so he's he's like i'm not i refuse your evil i'm not accepting your help mm-hmm. um but uh, the main thing is that kite wants to get to this this engine room where there is an emergency just like shut off yeah, a child-sized emergency Yes, switch. He wants to pull a Spock in Wrath of Khan. He needs mm, to get in there. I, and I wouldn't know that reference, so someday you will uh, soon. <laughs> mm. But the um, but yeah, but they they kind of the, the technicians go on without him. But like Vash over the intercom, like or com system reiterates, like what did I tell you? Like yeah, yeah, I know. Fresh start. Mm-hmm. Start making amends. Yeah. So, uh, so he does pull the switch uh, with that uh, while he's being burned. Mm-hmm. From these different pipes and such, the steaming pipes, and then wakes up and realizes that everyone's alive. Uh, they did stop the switch, or pull the switch, but the, the sand steamer wouldn't slow down fast enough. So brilliant, shining, dynamite, neon force mm-hmm. <laughs> runs his truck into the ship to uh, graze it on the edge to slow it down a bit yes. more. And eventually it does stop just on the precipice before falling over. Yeah, and that's purely based on the fact that he lost the duel, and yeah. it's the honorable thing to do to and keep his And he says, word. like, this doesn't make us friends. Next time I see you, I will be claiming your life. Yeah. So, Dan, your fave! He gets to go on! I'm always happy yeah. when my faves he get said, to live. woo! Yeah. Love yeah. him. Wonderful. Not since, uh, what was it, Pig and Gorilla in, in Full Metal Alchemist, or mm-hmm. Pig and Blowfish, whatever the fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those two. I'm always happy when my faves get to live another yeah. day. <laughs> the animal chimera boy. Going, yeah. Dang. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but, uh, so Vash and Kite go up to the top of the sand steamer, and then Kite starts badly singing this song that Vash has been thinking about the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's apparently an old song that no one really sings anymore, but Kite just felt like singing, and Vash is like, oh no, it's that song you used to sing, how appropriate. Like, it's making me well up inside thinking about these emotions. If there is something that I may compliment mm-hmm. this, you know, the, the version of Trigun that we're watching, like the dubbed version yeah. and everything... I mean, I, again, we know that the opening is a bop. That is mm-hmm. that has been established. But even this, like, this song, I feel like in a lesser quality dub could have been handled much worse. Like, I don't think it's handled the best. No, it's yeah. not. It's not handled the the best. But it kind of fades out on Kite singing it, and then mm-hmm. into that woman's voice mm-hmm. singing it, and it actually takes on like this heavier, like, uh, you know, like yeah, old meaning. west sounding. Yeah. Mm-hmm you know, strings set up, mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, that could have been a lot worse than it was. Yeah. So I give props to the sound folks for, for pulling that off, mm. so. 
Okay. Episode nine, Murder Machine. Or Murder yes. Machine. Vash, Meryl, and Millie are rolling on through the desert in a bus when Vash spies a man passed out in the wasteland. This man uh, is carrying a giant cross wrapped in a tarp, and it's our real MVP, who reveals yes. himself to be the wandering preacher, Nicholas D. Wolfwood. Yes. Uh, on the bus, the stranger glugs down water and says he's walking through the desert due to a broken down car or bike. Bike, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he introduces himself, and uh, Vash gives a fake name. That's like, oh, this is my long, yeah, like extended, gigantic yeah, family name, multi language name for you to remember. And these two kind of hit it off immediately. Yeah, like, what did you think of that? Well, it's we haven't gotten a lot of chances to see Vosh kind of just like have a friend like that, and so it is an interesting dynamic. I mean, they are certainly like foils to each other, but they are very similar yeah. too. So it's. I don't know. I like the I like the the dynamic between the two of them. I put down in my notes, fun little stupid relationship. Yes, is what I I deem it as. But Dan, you did ask me, are they flirting? Said you. There's a there's a lens on that. Yeah, at times it seems yeah. like it. Yeah, but they but mostly they 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 do seem to have like that same like bravado thing. Like when they I it's not this scene, but when they both do the fake laugh competition, mm-hmm. and they're like sitting there like, oh, you were insulting me, like I was insulting you, like they and they just sit there doing that. Yeah. For like five minutes, and Millie and Merrill are like, Ugh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yuck. Uh, the bus stops for a stress break. Wolfwood doesn't have enough money to ride the bus, but uh, he has a pocket confessional instead, which is just a miniature church that he sticks on the heads of people who want to confess. Yes. So I don't know if he's a real priest. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, I've never had to do that. You got to put a coin in it too. Yeah, at mass, uh, and says, "I'll absolve you of your sins. Thanks for your generosity." Uh, and he talks it out with the bus driver. The bus driver's like, fine, I'll take you for 80 instead of 100, because you need to eat, yeah. I guess. Uh, so he is a smooth talker. Uh, the church he works for doubles as an orphanage. An important fact about Nicholas D. Wolf, what is this? Mm-hmm. He cares a lot about those orphans. Yes. So if you're watching Chicago and Kristen Chenoweth is trying to sell you one, that's a deep cut. You haven't seen Chicago, but yes. Right, unironically, was that a, was that a, was that a sequel to... Yeah, Schmigadoon. Okay, all right. Yeah, I the thought... second season is called Schmigago, Dan. I did not know that. I honestly well, we, didn't. I didn't we, know what you were talking about. We'll be about. watching that. That's definitely anime adjacent. Like, you turned to me and you're like, oh, did you see Schmigadoon in Chicago? And I'm like, I, I heard of the... Sh- I, <laughs> was there a thing that you went to see in Chicago? Like, I don't know, but... Mm. Okay, now now I know. Yeah. Uh, now An Apple lo- Plus TV series. The lore is clear. Written by Julie Klausner and the like. The lore is clear. Hmm. I, I don't... Uh... I don't have any money for Apple TV Plus. I'm buying uh-huh. too many switches. I have to steal <laughs> Apple TV Plus. So time times is hard, Dan. I'm, I'm buying Godzilla figures left and right here. Yeah, <laughs> times are tough. Uh, so the church doubles as an orphanage, trying to make money as he goes on, and uh, he do, does or a priest to help out those who are in need. Um, he does notice this mother and two children suffering in silence that they are hungry, mm-hmm. and then extends a hand with three meal blocks. Yeah. But he's like, oh, you could, you two kids could take these three. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, maybe offer one to the mom, too? Yeah, yeah. He says, I have, like, four. Which is recurring with him. He's yeah. like, and I don't know if that was kind of like a mom, you want your mom to, like, seem stronger or something like that. Maybe, like, she didn't want to directly say she would have one yeah. in front of her kids, so. Well, no, but that's also true. But it's also, like, he, he is, you know, he's mm-hmm. a nice guy, but he is rough- ish yeah so you know he'll have those similar to vash he'll have like those obviously heroic moments with a with a butt 
on it. Yeah. So, um, so he hands that off, and Vash smiles at this act of kindness, and uh, Wolfwood comments that Vash's smile seems empty. It seems like there's a lot of pain you're trying to hide. Mm-hmm. And Vash is like, ooh, got me! <laughs> <laughs> that me. Uh, may I recommend my pocket confessional, in yes. case you have anything to say. Uh, suddenly, the bus driver yells that everyone should come quick, because one of the passengers, Eric! Oh my god, Eric! Yeah. <laughs> Eric yeah. is not doing so well. And Wolfwood shows up, and he's like, this man is fine. I'm a priest and they're like no like there's a gaping wound in his shoulder yeah like his shoulder has been severely burned by something and vash says no human did this nothing mortal did this suddenly a spider mech emerges from the sand and millie shoots one off but many more appear and pursue the fling bus vash wonders how these mechs can still operate so vash knows a little bit about these technology Yeah, yeah that's been existing on this planet that people don't seem to know about a good myth arc here. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm invested in that because he he seems to have a lot more to him than yeah. when you start the series. You wouldn't have guessed any of this. So, mm-hmm. uh, Wolfwood prepares to operate on an injured pacer- passenger because he is a priest. Yes. So we can only assume he was going to pray for this passenger. Uh, before the one mother from before that was offered the meal blocks goes, "Where's my daughter?" Well, and to be clear, it, when he opens his like priest bag, <laughs> the cat. The, the recurring cat cameo is pulled he's out of the there. bag. He's like, actually, I don't have anything. Yeah. Can can somebody else do something? Yeah. <laughs> and then the the mom yeah. reveals that her daughter. Yeah, where's is my daughter? And Vash and Nicholas both leap off the bus at the same time, mm-hmm. saying like, "Take care of the injured. We'll find the girl." Yes. But then realize uh, uh, Nicholas realizes that he hasn't obtained a gun or any weapon. Yeah. But has just jumped off the bus immediately. And Vash said, "You would have done that anyway." If you didn't have a weapon, but both are kind of like, oh, we did that and left our shit behind. And it's an interesting little scene because it's like, like Vash and mm. him, like they both kind of catch on like, oh, you were, you were just like pretending to be panicked about leaving your weapons behind or mm-hmm. like, I, I, I don't know. I can see subtext here where it's like, are you, you know, they're, they're trying to figure each other out. And it's like, oh, were you pretending to be panicked about that to seem like a regular person? Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's that, interesting. Remember that. I, I think yeah. you're on the right track there. Yeah. Uh, there's something off about both these characters. Mm-hmm. Some secrets they've been trying to hide from us. Uh, but do, Vash does give Wolfwood a knife mm-hmm. and says you should be able to work with that. Uh, Vash and Wolfwood scope out the mechs. And Vash says he's injured. I got shot by Brilliant Dynamite Neon three days ago. So... You know, I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging on a thread here. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to help me out. Uh, but we got to do it for the kid. Wolfwood just rushes in after uh, uh, seeing all these mechs and breaks his knife Resident Evil style yes. on one of these mechs. Uh, ID is not recognized. Vash pinpoint shoots the mechs, but is saved from one with a knife thrown from Wolfwood at the last minute. So we get like this cool scene where he's shooting like every mech that's there. Wolfwood is going, oh, you know, he's a great shot. He's definitely Vash the Stampede. Mm-hmm. He's more than he seems. But at the last minute, you know, Wolfwood says, I have some skills too. Yeah. And he he throws the knife at the, uh, because all of Vash's shots had shown that their head is obviously the weak spot. They can't survive without their heads. <laughs> so then yeah, their weak point is stabbing yeah, and so shooting. Nicholas like destroys one doing that and they kind of have like an impress each other moment. And then so. for some reason, I don't know why these mechs are carrying away this girl. I don't think he... that would be their thing. No, certainly not. I mean, it's possible that she was just getting chased around and like hid beneath one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but or yeah. like maybe in the olden or the ancient security days, they're trying to return her to like the kitty corral. 
No, but that's also true. Yeah. Because they, they clearly serve some kind of, like, automated security purpose. Mm-hmm. So it could have just been, like, if they see a child, then they assume to bring it back to the settlement or something. Yeah. Because they're, they're going through the motions, like, um, there will come soft rains type thing, so. Yeah. Uh, Vash and Wolfwood, uh, save, or go to save the child, but are swallowed up by a sand trap. The little girl's safe watches on going, what a sucky way to die. Mm-hmm. Yikes. <laughs> But but she survives to to go and yeah. tell the others. So. Uh, they fall into some sort of facility, which Vash describes as an alien ship. Mm-hmm. So, whatever that means. But it's it's purposeful language. It is technically an alien ship. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And yeah. there's more sentries here. Wolfwood breaks off his last meal bar, giving the bigger piece to himself and the smaller part to Vash, but still giving him something. Yeah. So they share that as they're fleeing from these sentry mechs. Uh, Vash is going in un- unarmed. Oh, so they, they realize that they're in a factory. Uh, oh, wait, no. Vash says, like, you were more generous with the kids at mm-hmm. that point. So we get, like, the whole thing. And then they realize that they're in this factory that are assembling mechs. And Vash is like, oh, the computer is still running down here or whatever. Yeah, it's never stopped manufacturing these spider mechs mm-hmm. despite not having any purpose anymore. Yep. Vash is going in unarmed and gives Wolfwood his gun, saying to cover him. Uh, Wolfwood says, go with God, and the comical music is playing throughout this. Wolfwood is also very good with a gun, uh, but runs out of bullets. Both are cornered, but still, somehow off-screen, Vash somehow manages to destroy all of these mechs. Yeah, and you see smoke rising from his arm hmm. as the uh, the shot closes in. Oh, what What could that be from? Yeah, who, who knows? He, he he attributes it to uh, a miracle from God, but... <laughs> uh, but Vash then enters the control room, no one left to protect, and turns it off. Like, he realizes what's going on here, this facility has been running forever, yeah. it's better that I turn it off. Well, and once again, he uses very, like, um, like parental language. He's mm-hmm. like, you've been doing this long enough, it's time to go to sleep. Yeah. Like, you, need, you can rest now. Yeah, I wish so. someone would tell me that. Mm, a little too real but the the <laughs> but yeah but once again similar to the other plant that he stopped the meltdown at yeah he's got a connection to this stuff mm-hmm. uh so wolf would ask what he did back there and uh, vash says that god must have saved us Merrill and millie suddenly show up to save the boys and say who's down there in that facility without questioning the facility yeah they're just like oh we came to save you and then next scene we're on the bus together as it's going on, Wolfwood begins, you know, having a little conversation with Millie. Mm-hmm. We get this converse, uh, this connection between the two of them. So perhaps something more will come of this. I can see that. Um, yeah. And then we give Meryl and Vash another seat next to each other so they get to bond a little bit more. Yes. So everyone's partnered off. Uh, in May City, Wolfwood takes his cross and wanders off, saying that he will meet again. And all the, the trio so far, Millie, Meryl, and Vash, say, what a strange man. Yes. Not a typical preacher. Like, there respect. goes Nicholas D. Wolfwood. Yeah. <laughs> D. Wolfwood. D. Yeah, the yeah. will of D. Hmm? It's intact. Who knows? Even maybe, on this planet. Maybe that'll be how it ends, and it'll really <laughs> gag you, right? He was the One Piece all along. It's a separate thing from the One Piece. I the will of D is a separate... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> episode, episode 10. Quick, quick draw. draw. Quick draw McGraw. Uh, Vash is waking up to some peaceful music in May City saying hello to some birds and describing his mission of hunting peace and chasing the mayfly of love. <laughs> yes, That's... the elusive mayfly yep. that we know is love. Uh, Vash meditates every morning, but can only last three seconds. Yeah, you know? similar uh, to me. And he trains with some gunplay, playing with an egg on the end of his gun. 
just like just practice pulling it out and yeah. then balancing the egg and then you know however many times he can do it mm-hmm. until the egg breaks and he makes breakfast yeah. so uh then he's teaching the value of peace to some children meryl and millie look on vash appears to be injured in front of a pretty girl michelle uh you look just like my dead girlfriend <laughs> yeah <laughs> and michelle's like i'm not buying it uh want to have lunch no way and the group of boys are like oh vash this is like the fifth time we did this today when is it ever gonna work uh, then a young boy, Neil, is seen being a lower, but not playing with the local kids. Uh, Neil sees a, a father and his son and seems obviously, like, envious of that situation that's mm-hmm. going on there. Um, Vash wanders into Neil's family restaurant and starts a conversation. Uh, he goes, like, no handouts and my mom is off limits. And it turns out that Wolfwood is already there in an apron preparing the meals. Mm-hmm. Because when he arrived into town earlier, he wanted to s- stop in and get something to eat. And he saw this... This woman and child being accosted mm-hmm. and said, I'm going to just help you out. Yeah. And took out those thugs and began cooking at the restaurant in order to, like, you know, help him out. Yeah, he claims to be doing it out of, purely out of the goodness of his heart. Yeah. Uh, but probably him and Vasher. And says, I used some interests. gospel to convince them. Yes. <laughs> being gun. Uh, Wolfwood was looking for Vash, showing him the poster for the third annual quick draw tournament that's happening in this town. And the prize money can be used to help out this family instead if we win. A smash tournament? That's the most dangerous thing you could enter. Oh, Why would you is, do that? Yeah. Bring nose plugs. <laughs> uh, Meryl tries to warn Vash that this is a stupid idea to enter this tournament, especially since everything he touches seems to explode into a bigger idea or bigger deal than it actually is. Yeah. And he should remain low, even though, you know, he's good. Yes. Mm. And then it's kind of like a conflicting thing where, like, oh, nobody's... Like, he signs his own name into the tournament mm-hmm. registry thing, yeah. but he's like, I'll give the prize money to the family to, to help them. And says it'll be uh, it'll be okay to work out. Clearly, this isn't the real Vash has entered the tournament. So, like, another one is under Vash the Stampede, too. Yeah. Um, so he's like, I'm going to enter as well. Uh, then the director is talking to a mysterious man in the shadows about some ulterior plans. Oh, okay. So does Vash not sign his own name? I don't think on he the... does. I think there's another person entered as Vash the Stampede. Okay, that's okay. I, I would not have noticed that the first time yeah. around, but okay. Thank you for pointing uh, that out. Wolfwood shows up to Vash's room and that night for a drink and some backstory. Uh, Wolf Wolfward Wolfwood travels so far to, for his orphans. That's who he's helping out. Mm-hmm. It's just these orphans are on his mind all the time. He wants to help out the children. Uh, Marilyn Millie, you can come on in. The girls see that Vash was just trying to help out the downtrodden with the prize money, and then they all get to drinking. Millie gets a little hot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're all drinking far too much. Yes. For normal people. Uh, the next day, the gunmen roll in for a tournament, and they're all uniquely designed, including this one nightmare and fuel inducing one <laughs> yeah it looks like uncanny valley he's walking he's... <laughs> backwards and it's very scary and unsettling but what it has a reason <laughs> uh vash is hung over for the tournament supposedly uh shooting some bottles is the first like entrance thing and even though vash says he's gonna puke he manages to still hit all the bottles with one bullet but says like oh no i hit them all i didn't yeah. mean to do that he, in an ideal setup he would have just like shot four of them to yeah. pretend that he wasn't vash the stampede so. and wolfwood knows that this truly makes him vash the stampede and puts it together like there is no doubt in my mind like that that incident with the mechs we had last episode could have been a fluke but now i truly know because he shot those bottles in one thing and the bullet curves you say it went to the left to the right yeah yeah <laughs> a magic bullet which probably lends to it 
some future watch some at some point uh but the we're doing jfk if we do jfk i have to find parade that we can watch at the same time because it gives a very similar vibe well it does but but jfk is also completely like yeah. a fabrication so yes dan yeah it, yeah yeah but um the so it's like I, I would assume that the thing with the bottles is like okay even like instinctively or reflexively he's able to like shoot every target without yeah. trying which so. is cool yeah. cool power to have and he's always uh, very good with his shots over there um so where am i wolfwood is also able to take out the bottles and vash suggests that maybe you are an ex-gunman preacher what would give you that idea mm-hmm. you don't know about that uh now it's uh live one-on-one combat so apparently this tournament is like a fight for the death usually mm-hmm. uh, someone gets shot they die on scene and the winner moves on to the next round Yes. So that information is thrown at us over there. Um, uh, don't like seeing people kill each other, huh? Uh, Vash faces a Logmire type mm-hmm. who wears a decoy mask to face backwards the whole time. Yeah, so he can it's shoot scary you guy. doing the paces. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it, it's just a mask, but still. And this was... Uh, where am I? Wolfwood also wins his matches all without any fatalities. And someone comments like, oh, this is the first time this tournament has happened. Without anyone dying yet. Yeah, because uh, uh, Vash and, and Wolfwood are just, like, advancing by, like, disarming the opponent or, like, mm-hmm. using grappling moves to just take them out yeah. in, a, in a silly montage. So mm-hmm. uh, The final round is Vash versus Wolfwood. Nicholas says he wants to drop out, but he can't drop out because Neil and his mother are being held hostage by, like, the, the curator, the director of this tournament, the mayor. I don't know what his position is, but... He's like, we're going to use you to actually kill Vash the Stampede. Yeah. And we're going to threaten little little Mary Sue over here. Yes. If we don't get our way. And Wolfwood says, oh no, a child at stake? Well, surely I can't do that. I have to try and kill Vash the Stampede now. Um, we all have to make sacrifices. Vash and Wolfwood um, are fighting the next day. And, you know, th- well, well, Wolfwood does agree to split, like, the, the 30 billion double dollars Mm -hmm. if he does take this so he seems like a little bit into the money as well yes morally gray when compared to vash yeah yeah but until the next episode yeah (laughs) then they kind of swap roles and we see that we like our both our boys can play a little dirty if they want to Mm -hmm. um but he's like fine i'll do it to save the child but you'll need to give me half the money then so the next day um they are fighting against each other vash and wolfwood they are shooting one another in like a, a evenly matched duel and they appear to dan ryan jonathan Kwiatkowski wound each other in the final round yeah, on the podcast hey. yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's how our po- yeah our podcast won <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> stand up and smirk <laughs> yeah. uh, uh but they they're down for the count and then the director moves in like yes i'll claim the bounty for my own <laughs> yeah yeah and he has all these gunmen that were just hiding in the shadows trained to take out vash and get his yeah. his, his bounty yeah so. but surprise surprise it's just ketchup again yes yep just their wounds are ketchup vash shoots wolfwood's gun into his hand Again, and they're all firing at one another, and then Wolfwood asks Millie to throw him his luggage. Yeah, which, which she is the big shoots cross. to yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah, with and her her impact yeah. Uh, bullet. <laughs> yeah, you gotta explain the the big cross. Well, he takes the wrapping off of the cross, and then the two side beams expand out mm-hmm. into, like, just several, uh, like, a, like a neat row of handguns that he just takes out and starts shooting with. Yeah. And at first, it looks like as you go through the scene that he is killing all of these gunmen that are on the, the rooftops and everything uh, in quick succession. 
but he does not actually kill anyone. There is no fatality that happens. He just, like, severely boo-boos them, <laughs> and, like, they're all in, you know, the nurse's tent yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Uh, so, Wolfwood shoots without the intent to kill. Um, he doesn't murder anyone, as you said, and but he does go off on this rant, like, you know, I'll never let a child get hurt again. So, what's up with that? Yeah. Orphanage, yeah. children, never getting hurt again. Hmm. And they do claim the prize money from the tournament because Wolfwood's like, mm, you could repent, yeah. or you know, you'll face divine justice, or you could just give me the cash prize yeah. that you promised. And surprise again, Wolfwood doesn't appear to be an ordinary priest, and Vash is working cooking in this restaurant, Neil's dad returns home, and we get the two boys, Wolfwood and Vash, going love and peace together. Yes. So they're bestest friends. I'm surely sure nothing will ever drag them apart. Yep. <laughs> certainly, certainly, just yeah. like us, Dad. Yes. Yep. What what, what Sinister Six will it be? What, will it, oh, which one? It there... might be one coming up. Fans on my are pod. waiting. I think it's the worst thing I've ever picked. I. I uh, know. I deserve that. I yeah. probably deserve that yeah. after yeah. the You've last. You've only two. gotten Popeye. Yeah. Yeah. The rest have been good. And who knows? You might love it, and that will just make the friendship fester more. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, episode 11, the final episode of the day, we get Escape from Pain. Fittingly enough, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe an out for our audience at this point. Uh, a group of travelers are stuck in the desert due to the demi-slod sprays, which are acidic sprays that bubble and brew beneath the desert surface. Yes. Um, no explanation needed, just this area of the desert spews acid. Yeah, well, I don't, I, it's an alien planet, so I don't know, but yeah. it, it, it is, uh... You would know about alien planets from Star Wars, so... It's a, it's a bubble goop swamp yeah. there, so... Yeah. Uh, Wolfwood is losing a chess game against a man and the cat we've been seeing every episode. He's trying to focus while a dancing girl in the background and Millie are trying to get some pudding. Well, Millie is trying... The dancing girl is dancing, Millie is trying to yeah. get some pudding. That's why you gotta use an Oxford comma. But, oh. the, <laughs> but yeah, Millie is... Is approaching this crusty old bartender, like, do you have pudding? Yeah, yeah. pudding, please. And the pudding. Next time I go to the bar, can I ask for that? You think think they'll have canned pudding? And the the bartender's even like, Missy, look around where you are. Like, we don't have pudding, but but Millie is referring to actual <laughs> to us millennials snack packs. Yeah, and she does find them somewhere at this camp or caravan later on, but not. Not at this establishment. Yeah, uh, Trying to focus with the dancing girl in the background, pudding. Um, Millie wins the game for Wolfwood in one move, so it's like, oh, see, she may be big, as you said, but not dumb. Yes. Yeah. People uh, often think it's a dichotomy, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it ain't. Uh, Wolfwood buys Millie tons of pudding because that was his, uh, his pass on, like, the caravan. Yeah. That was how he was allowed to stay on there. Uh, Millie is talking about her huge family. Um, that will get a mention. I don't know if we'll see that episode, but it is in my notes for a future episode that mm -hmm. we may or may not skip that she has a very big family mm -hmm. with lots of siblings. Uh, the same dancing girl is seen running from some guys and asks the pair to protect her. So naturally she flees behind big woman. <laughs> yes. And says, no one will be able to find me behind here. Yeah. But Nicholas D. Wolfwood goes, yeah, he, she, you were looking for her. She's standing right behind this girl right here. And Millie is noticeably upset, like, why did you do that? But he goes, I answered your question, now let me ask one of my own. Yeah. Do you feel lucky, punk, or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> do you feel lucky? Uh, but uh, this, one of the guys gets upset, steps on Millie's pudding cup, mm -hmm. one of them, and she goes, that was my pudding! <laughs> and freaks out at him. Yep. Uh, the pair pose as a couple, 
Uh, <laughs> yes. Very Dan and I mechanic here. Yeah, that's a very Muppet Man move yeah. that, that they pull off. Where... As this girl clings to Millie under her coat, so it looks like she's 12 months pregnant. Yeah, it's fine, but Millie isn't thrown off because Millie's strong. I but... think in the dub they go, what are you pregnant with, an elephant? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh. Uh, you expecting six toplets? I don't think that's, I think I just added that. But uh, Marilyn and Vash are waiting for Millie elsewhere, and they're having their own conversation where they're approached by some men to be like, come with us, we, we need Vash for something. Yes. At the current moment. And Vash has his sunglasses on the whole episode, so we don't know how he's feeling. Yeah, it's a serious... Yeah, it's yeah a even serious though he Vash hasn't been serious <laughs> any other episode before, did this cause you to doubt him in some way, Dan? I think it's effective at, mm-hmm. like, throwing a misdirection. At the very least, you don't know what his mindset is, or how he's going to approach the situation. So it is. It, yeah. it, it does work in its own way. Uh, Wolfwood and Millie lead the girl who is more to the edge of the desert... Uh, where she's reunited with her friend Julius. Uh, why are they after you? Uh, apparently Julius's father, Von Dreek, is the mayor of the, uh, Von Dreek, the city or whatever, or like the head of a company, Von Dreek. Yes. And they use Julius as kind of a passage on a trade route because he has a weird tattoo on his arm. Mm-hmm. And without that tattoo, they're not allowed to have that caravan trade route. Yeah, so it's like a it's Mad Max yeah. like, setup where yeah. they're not... They need him to get back into the yeah. city. And then Von Dreek, or the son is like, oh, well, you know, we separated from that because I realized my dad's business. And this may occur like later on in the notes. I don't know exactly how it happens in the timeline. But he says, you know, my dad's business wasn't just trading goods. It was people slavery mm-hmm. that we use these people for, including more. And that's how we met. And that's how that city became so prosperous. Yeah, and I realized, like, anyone who does that, I can't trust. So I'm running away. Yes. With more. Uh, Vash is currently talking to Von Dreek at that same moment, and Von Dreek is just like, well, you know, you have to do this, uh, because the trading route's gonna be upset, and without the trade, all these people are gonna die and suffer. Uh, I need you to bring back my son. Yes. Or protect my son, he says, or, I, I forget what he says exactly, but... Well, to stop them, because Vash yeah. takes it, he later on recounts it literally, like, you just told me to stop them from running away, so... Yeah. Uh, Vash asks for 20 million double dollars, uh, to accept... And uh, uh, Von Dreek does accept, but says you can do so on one condition that remains unexplained Mm -hmm. until the very end of the episode. Uh, Julius and Moore are going to flee past the Demisolods, dooming all the caravan people to die. And Wolfwood cannot stand that. He says you're going to, like, sacrifice your happiness over the greater good of all these people. So I'm not going to allow you to leave. He does slap Julius and says, like, get your shit together. I don't understand what you're doing here. You need to choose a, a path for yourself that helps the most people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he does try to, like, he holds out his gun and is like, I'm not going to let you pass. But Julius tries anyway. And then and then uh, Nicholas, like, turns the gun on himself. Mm-hmm. And he's like, prove to me your determination. Like, keep trying to do this and I'll take my own life. Yeah. And uh, Julius and Moore walk by, and Wolfwood sees that they are determined and reveals that there were no bullets in that gun. Mm -hmm. So he just wanted to make sure that they were okay with that. Uh, But he still thinks they're doing the wrong thing. Yes. In sacrificing their happiness, or taking their happiness over the sacrifice of the people. Um, But they are determined, and Millie just can't leave these kids to be alone in the acid desert. Yeah. So she says, I'll go along with them, even though... Uh, Wolfwood does not want her to go. Mm-hmm. And he comments, that girl is very different from me. She has everything that I lack. 
Yes, and then that's contrasted with a later thing that Vash points out, yeah. so it's it's interesting. Um, the trio run through the demi-slot spray with Millie's large body taking most of the aesthetic spray over the children, yeah. but it still does look very painful. Yes. Maybe we should not have run through the acid spray. Probably not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. uh, and it says, you said, uh, Wolfwood Wolf is, is stewing. stewing. He's stewing, then. Uh, Meryl asks Vashk about Von Dreek's request and gets no answer in the car. And it's the trailer shot where she puts the gun up to his yeah, temple. like, tell me. And even then he doesn't have a response, but she's like, no, really, tell me. Because <laughs> he's doing serious face yeah. still, so. Uh, Millie uses her body, oh, as I said already, uh, Julius can't live knowing his actions make everyone suffer, so he's having his doubts about going back. Uh, then Vash appears and states that Vondrik wanted to kill. Wanted a kill. Wanted a kill. So, like, they're uh, they're on, like, this whole confrontation thing where, like, Wolfwood catches up to them, and then the line of the Vondrik henchmen catch up to them, and then Vash is revealed to be there as well. Yes. Uh, through the shadows, and, like, a cold demeanor. He points his gun at Moore and Julius, and even though Wolfwood and Millie are freaking out about that, saying, like, don't shoot them, they're just kids, what are you doing? Vash goes, like, I'm going to shoot them, and it appears that he does actually shoot them. He yes. does hit them with a bullet. Yeah. And they fall yeah. over the horizon. Screaming. Into into seemingly one of the Demislod sprays. Yeah. So. Um, so then Wolfwood and Millie freak out about that, but Vash reveals himself to be Vash the Stampede and says, like, that was my job. I was just meant to stop them yes not how so just leave the money and run before i kill you and all the henchmen run off mm -hmm. but then millie is fucking pissed mm -hmm. and comes up and biffs vash in the head going yes. like how could you kill these two innocent children i thought better of you and of course meryl is there but no one can explain to millie in time yeah, and then wolfwood smashes his sunglasses <laughs> yeah yeah but he knew yeah like he already knew, so why did he do that? To be me, I don't know. To just to, to get rid of the sunglasses, but he yeah. he does. Wolfwood does check Vash's gun and confirms that they were rubber bullets. It's just rubber bullets, or what do they call them in Heather's? Uh, <laughs> Ikluba bullets. I'm lying bullets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it it uh you know so clearly this was a ruse, mm -hmm. and we see that uh, Julius and Moore are julianne moore are safe on the other side mm -hmm. of the ridge yeah with a car waiting mm -hmm. uh vash offers them the money to start their new life but they go no we're gonna start our life without the influence of anybody else yes so see you never <laughs> and walk off into the desert and then there yeah and then van Dreek also was was shown to like he only this was part of his plan mm -hmm. too like he yeah. just wanted the kids uh, to escape safely, but I would assume that he also needed, like, plausible deniability. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I tried to get the the kid back, but Vash the Stampede showed up and started killing, and there's nothing I could do, so. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think one of, um, I think Wolfwood even says that, you know, this incident is going to raise your attention even more, because mm -hmm. they're going, those people are going to go home and spread your name further, yeah. so. Yeah. So, uh, Wolfwood is bidding goodbye to the group once more. Um, he does suggest that Millie take care of herself, and, uh, you know, they remark yet again that he's not an average priest, but he says he will meet Vash again before riding over on his motorcycle, riding off on his motorcycle, mm -hmm. and saying, like, hmm, apparently we don't need another sacrifice. I know, we just watched uh, Fullmetal Alchemist, yes. where a similar plot may or may not be involved. All we need is Vash the Stampede. Mm -hmm. So, what's going on there, Dan? A very hopeful yeah. little end note there yeah. from 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 wolfwood mm -hmm. so it's interesting yep yeah. 
So that's our four episodes. How you like it, anything that you're expecting, how these friendships may go, what's going on with Vash's mysterious smoking hand. I think that that so far this is pretty perfectly paced. Mm. Like there's enough that feeds into the myth arc to keep me interested, but it's also like there's also enough time just hanging out and doing like variations of old west scenarios for me mm. to like get attached to these characters and to look forward to seeing more of this world yep. even even again even if it is following um you know like old west tropes and stuff because uh, i i think to contrast with you i'm not necessarily a fan of those tropes mm-hmm. but you know it kind of depends on how they're applied in a given circumstance and trigon is keeping me invested is keeping my attention yeah. uh, it is if, if anything this is the type of old west setup that i enjoy with mm-hmm. this sci-fi bend to it yeah and so. you know we're almost halfway through the series i will say the next time we watch trigon we're going to meet the gung-ho guns mm-hmm. um which are a batch of dan characters mm-hmm. that i'm sure you will love of course in that arc they each have unique some kind of superpowers and they're after vash for some reason um so may the name legato blue <laughs> blue summer <laughs> stay in your head forever of course never forget it of course yeah. Well, with that, another episode of Anime Mistake. Anime was not a mistake. Not mm-hmm. Anime Mistake. Anime was not a mistake concludes. Daniel, where can our audience find you on social media? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at King underscore Danis, where I hope to have uh, a good chunk of art coming your guys' way very soon. Um, and you can also follow the Anime Was Not a Mistake podcast, Instagram, and Facebook pages, please. Yes, and you can follow me, Jonathan Wykowski, at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram and the TikTok. You can follow my uh, Twitter at Drink and Read JK as well. I'm sorry, Losing My Mind JK on Instagram and the TikTok, and Drink and Read JK on the Twitter. Uh, and you can check out my other podcast, being Nightcaps at the Theater, and uh, Drink and Read the Podcast. Of course. Hmm. Um, so, uh, obviously in the last batch of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stardust Crusaders, uh, episodes that we watched, it did end on a cliffhanger. Uh, Joseph Joestar had used his, uh, Hermit Purple stand mm-hmm. in conjunction with the TV set to try to get a vision of the future to kind of assess their situation based upon, you know, their connection with Dio. And it was revealed that your favorite, uh, Kakuin, the upstanding, uh, schoolboy... Maybe uh, a traitor. Might be a traitor, or yeah. at least, uh... Is, Peacock's the traitors. He is, is somehow still connected to Dio, uh, and that means that Jotaro and the young girl that was traveling with them... Uh, Anne could still be in danger. Mm. So uh, we're going to see how that plays out. And I can assure you that every step of this journey uh, from, you know, this the moment they've hit land to the moment that they'll, you know, reach Egypt, they're not going to be able to chill. Mm. There is going to be an enemy sand user around every possible corner. Mm. And even when you think that our group has triumphed, uh, they probably didn't. Uh, so I'm going to say to just, you know, get yourself ready for quite a ride. You might have to do some mourning even. Uh, and, what? and while you're at it, maybe check that growth on your hand. <gasps> is it the heat? It could be. Or is it an enemy stand user? <gasps> or is it just an almond allergy? I don't know. Oh, well, Either way, mm. do join us. Mm. Here at Anime Was Not a Mistake, we have one mission. Whether you be a magical girl, a giant fighting robot, a raccoon, or just a fan of podcasts in general, we hope to one day arrive at a definitive answer to the following question. Is anime a mistake? 
While we obviously don't think so, there's no harm in expanding our Weeb horizons now, is there? As of late, our humble little show is devoted to the analysis and discussion of movies, series, and episodes that show off that powerful art that is animation. However, none of this would be possible without listeners like you. If you like what you hear on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and more, then why not support us on Instagram at Anime Was Not a Mistake Podcast or on Facebook at Anime Was Not a Mistake Pod. We promise to go happies on the sake with you. Join us, won't you? This time and the next. And with that, Dan and I leave you with a to be continued as the chill anime beats play. Sayonara.